Yes, I am still watching Supernatural. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> nobody was asking. I just got to season five, which fucks. God, season five fucks. Dean is so bi, I can't handle it. I love season eight. Season eight hits different. No one talks about season eight, but season eight is I am season eight. It's because we were all still recovering from season seven. Season seven was just so bad. And I hate, no, Dick, I didn't, I don't care about season seven. I'm loving this new tradition of starting our shameless recap podcast with talking about Supernatural. I really enjoy this theme we've got going on. I have been getting so emotional. Uh, but one thing I do love, one thing I do love about Supernatural is the guy that played Chuck, the guy that played God. Um, I found out, I found this out after Timothy Odmundson, the guy that plays uh, Kane later. Oh, I he met was him. also in this show called Psych. He had um he had a stroke a few years ago and is recovering from it. And I found out that the guy that plays Chuck also had a stroke in the in the middle of like uh uh filming. Um, is that why Supernatural? I never knew that. Stroke than Timothy's. His it's name like, is Rob Benedict. The guy yeah, Rob Benedict. is that why God kind of went missing for like a couple seasons? I think so. It's because he had a stroke. It wasn't as severe as Timothy's. Like Timothy still speaks with a slur and like has a limp and can't really do that much. But like Rob is like, wow, I didn't know that about him. That's insane. Yeah, I did not know that. Did you know that he is dating Ruth Connell? Yes, 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 yes. He is yes. dating Ruthie Connell. He uh, is dating, the woman who um, plays Rowena. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. boy. Welcome to back wow. to a shameless recap podcast. We're going to talk about Supernatural for a little while. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> this is the luck yeah. we had. We're all a little punch happy. We just came off recording episode 1102 minisode and 1103 is going to drop in less than an hour. But what are we doing? Fucking around talking about Supernatural. Yes, we are. He had his stroke while at a Supernatural convention. Oh, oh shit. shit. Okay, I do remember that then. What Supernatural convention was it? Did you say? It was um, Toronto in 2013. Oh, damn. Yeah. He said he was having trouble speaking. It came and went, and him and Richard Spate Jr. laughed it off, assuming it was con fatigue. Oh, I love Richard. Then he went to the hospital because he started having like feeling like he was having a panic attack, a, pa a panic attack. Um, and yeah, he had a stroke. But yeah, he had one, but he his recovery like you can you see he was in season fifteen. He like can walk and talk and and act normally like you if i, I saw him performing his band in 2016 yeah, yeah but like I timothy that... is that's this is also seven years after the fact that he's like this but timothy Amundsen is like for real struggling but he's like he's acting and he's back and he did a whole movie like he's good but they had to in the movie incorporate the fact that his character had had a stroke so yeah, yeah he i mean i guess it was kind of like a weird miracle thing because theoretically because it was like all day he should have been a lot he should have been in lot, a lot worse condition than he ended up being in like he did obviously have to have like speech therapy and thing and like recover but yeah it was it was kind of crazy that he like recovered so well and so quickly when did timothy have his um he had his uh three years ago i think it was right before they shot the first psych movie which was supposed to be about his character Lassiter, and then he had a stroke and couldn't be in it. So they yeah, had to rewrite the whole movie. Yeah, I met him um, in April of 2016. 
It was uh, that was like right before he had a stroke. Yeah. Yeah, I met him at DC Con, Supernatural Con. Uh, sorry for anybody who doesn't care about either of these people. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much Chuck was on Shameless. He's relevant somehow. Because it's gonna be a shorter episode anyway. But hey, everybody, welcome back to the to the Shameless Recap Podcast. The luck we had. Hello. Welcome, welcome, everybody. I'm Amanda. I'm Evan, and today we have a special guest returning. Who are you, and who are you excited to talk about today? I'm Lena, and I think today I'm excited to talk about Fiona. Mm. You know what? That's good. In the absence of Mickey, let's talk about Fiona. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, we're, sorry everybody, this is probably going to be a shorter episode, mostly because we're all anxious to start watching the new episode, but we're going to get into it. We're not going to cheat you out of a good episode. This is season two, episode seven, A Bottle of Jean Neat. We're officially entering the back half of season two. I honestly think season two is like very underrated, especially the back half of season two. On a rewatch, I agree. Very underrated. I like season two a lot. Uh, This episode aired February 19th, 2012, written by Nancy Pimentel, one of our our ladies, uh, and Latoya Morgan, staff writer. And... This is Nancy's fifth of 23 Shameless episodes. She's written through 2019. And she's also a producer on 86 Shameless episodes through today. She stays She stays there. She's our girly. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. <laughs> and LaToya, staff writer for all of season two, tried and true. We love you, LaToya. And this episode was directed by David Nutter. This is his second of four Shameless episodes through season seven. None of none that are of note. Like I looked up all of them. I don't remember any of them. Mm. He always directed if if there's any kind of actiony theme, he directs it. Game of Thrones, The Flash, Arrow, Entourage. Makes sense. He's a big deal. But yeah, the title of the episode is A Bottle of Gene Neat, and me and Lena were just discussing. We think it is either something that Jody says or just a general comment about the old lady scent that is the grandma. Well, it is it is from I think it is from the scene where Jody's crying, um, but I don't know if it's necessarily grandma related. I think it's just general, like, because Karen thinks it's kind of like wussy that he cried, and so it's kind of a comment on like how on how feminine he is. So like, because it's like, yeah, it's just a weird episode title choice, not one that I love particularly. Well, it doesn't come from like an actual quote. Nobody actually says a bottle of Jean Nate. Like Yeah. Like if it was like Jack Daniels and Orange Juice, that would be the next episode's title, but like that would be an, a thing that you remember. But the previously on was done by Frank because fucking of course it was. Um and here's what happened in the previously on. Remember the racist the, that owns the alibi? He's still alive. Sadly. Steve is back and is married to a drug lord's daughter so that the drug lord would not straight up murder him in brazil he and fiona almost hooked up again in the bathroom but she stopped it debbie spilled the jimmy beans (laughs) ethel and malik are gone ian and lip are in a fight and didn't even talk for all of the last episode as always v hates jasmine a woman who publicly cheats on her husband like v fully fucking hates this woman (laughs) and grammy gallagher is back and uh she and sheila fight and are not friends and grammy has threatened sheila and it's not it's not good vibes between them at all but let's get into it, shall we? And what an opener we do have. In this opening episode. is so weird. The episode opens with Jasmine licking Fiona's ear. She's a freak. And Literal. Fiona in- is asleep. Fiona's asleep. And in her sleep is like, stop it. Who did Fiona think that was? Licking her ear. I think ear. Jimmy. But it's also like, well, it begs the bigger questions. Like, 
did Jasmine just walk in and everybody just like let her do that? I think she's already been at the house a handful of enough times that the kids are just like, oh, Jasmine's here. Yeah. And they yeah, don't lock probably. their fucking doors. Yeah, they don't lock their doors ever. So Jasmine is in bed with Fiona. God, all the missed opportunities. They lightly flirt. And then Jasmine invites Fiona out on Jasmine's rich boyfriend's yacht for a boat party. And Fiona's like, hi, the kids start school next week. Don't you also have children? You should be getting ready for school. Literally. And uh, Jasmine's like, oh, no, my husband likes doing it. My husband likes taking care of the kids. He's stay at home. He's stay at home dad. I respect him for that one. But Jasmine acting a little bit shady, but we're all distracted because she keeps flirting with Fiona. And Fiona keeps... Not discouraging that. By Fiona, the power she could have held. <laughs> Sigh. Sorry, quick supernatural sidestep. I saw somebody also post that the power we could have had with Bi Dean realizing he was bi, the amount of jokes he would have made, the bi humor. They already made enough Dean like Winchester. gay jokes at him in this entire series. Like there was that one yeah. scene, I think, in season three, and it's like between him and Sam. And he goes, why does everyone think we, we're gay? And then Sam goes, well, you are kind of butch. And then Dean just oh, like season one, because I just rewatched. That's season one. Yeah, yeah, I like just rewatched. But like also, but... I'm th- I, what I'm saying is we could have had like a monster attacks Dean and Dean could say that's homophobic. Um, but like... Benny and Dean were confirmed in season eight. So uh... I saw that. I saw the script leak on that. I literally was like, oh my God. I was like, I was like, oh, wig. <laughs> Uh, we're not starting a supernatural podcast, but we will keep letting it leak into this one. I don't think I could handle a full rewatch. That's of the too show. many. That's too I many could. episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, the kind of potential we could have had if they had just let Fiona have a girlfriend. But anyway, <sighs> Fiona gets out of bed where Jasmine is and runs into Frank in the hallway. He is bathed and put together and being forced to take care of his mother. And Fiona is fucking loving it. Fiona is eating this shit up. She's like, nope, she's your mom. You take care of her. She's your problem. And so, and then we go over, Via's taken Kev to a dog shelter. Please, that's so, this was so cute. Like she was trying so hard to help him and he he missed Ethel so much. They are low-key the backbone of the show. I'll say it. It makes me kind of sad because Kev was more, like, obviously more attached to Ethel than V was. But, like, it it was me a little upset how kind of not as much caring she was that she was missing than Kev was. But I still think it was really sweet that she, like, obviously tried hard to, like, help him, like, cope with her being gone and everything. Yeah, she fully processes her feelings by taking the offensive on it. She calls Ethel an ungrateful bitch, and she she is mad at Ethel for hurting Kev in the way that he is hurting. Well, can I also, like, point out the difference in their... And, like, the writers maybe didn't take this into account, but Kevin grew up in group homes, like, in foster homes, bouncing around. So when he ran away, all he really wanted was somebody to look for him. Meanwhile, Veronica grew up in like a relatively okay home. I mean, her mom is like super present in the early seasons and stuff. And like, obviously, we learn a little bit about her brother, but it's like she grew up in like a relatively stable home, like compared to Kevin. So it's like she probably thinks that if somebody runs away, they're just being ungrateful. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I also just think it's a, it's a protective of her, of Kev's feelings thing too. And like that gets revealed later in the episode that like it's a hard shell she's putting on. 
but like she is fully putting on the like like you can hurt me as much as you want but you hurt kev and i'm i can't forgive you for that like sort of thing it's really sweet you're right they are truly honestly the backbone of the show sometimes it's uh, so we go from V and Kev in the animal shelter. Kev finally picks something, but we don't get to see what it is that he picked. And we go to Karen walking into Jody and his morning wood in the bed. Biggest boner TP I ever did see. Jody can we only know he fuck <laughs> to kiss from a rose by Seal. He can only have sex while kiss from a rose by Seal is playing on it. I, I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, well, hold on. I'll go on Toon it's Fine. It's my but power, meanwhile, my pleasure, my pain. I'm pretty sure it's Kiss from a Rose. I think that, like, okay, every time I think about Jody, I really think super hard about that meme of, like, that one dog that looks like him. Stop it. I know exactly Stop what it. you're talking about. I feel like it might actually be... Oh no, it is Kiss from a Rose. You're okay, right. Okay, that's what I thought. But later, later in the episode, um, Jody sings "All Out of Love" by Eric Oh Supply yeah, yeah. All out of love. And he has like his on the bongos. No, he's playing on like the buckets or whatever. <laughs> he also cries. He can only he climaxes while singing along to the song and cries after sex. He's just an emotional man, and Karen is a robot who can't process emotion. Karen is no, a gremlin. I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't be into it either. Karen's oh, not saying that it's completely issues. cringy, and I hate every second of it, but Karen's also just, like, the biggest bitch in the entire world, so... She's a damaged woman with daddy issues who can't process real human emotion, and um, I understand that, but, like, let's put respect on Jody. He He's, well he's a respectful king. We love We love this himbo. God, can you just him and Kev sitting in a room having a conversation? Can you imagine that scene? Icons. They're both so dumb. They would just speak in like they would they would just speak in like guttural noises. They wouldn't even say words. <laughs> no thoughts. One brain cell between the two. Just exactly some form of like George of the Jungle. <gasps> oh, Brendan Fraser. Oh. Oh, Brendan Fraser looks bad now. So hey, Brendan Fraser went through a lot. He went through a lot. Love him. I didn't say no disrespect. I just said he might not look the best right now. <laughs> but he is honestly killing it on Doom Patrol. Like it's it's fucking fantastic. Out of him. Um, at the Gallagher. Sorry, we just get lost in a spiral of himbos sometimes. At the Gallagher's, Frank is giving his mother a bath, and she's got like a towel over her titties because I guess that's the line she's drawing in her son bathing her. He it's probably the line Frank drew. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Frank was probably like, mm, sag boobs, saggy boobies. She tries to no make thanks. plans for the day while he is trying to talk her into moving into her own place so that he does not have to take care of her. And while they're having that conversation, while his she's in the bath, Lip walks in and just pees in front of them. Yeah, and, and then she also makes a comment on his penis, which I forget it, but it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, okay, when you've lived in a house with a lot of people, it's kind of just like one of those things that happens. Yeah, true. But I every like, once in a while, like, I'm just like, I don't know. But also, the Gallagher's have two bathrooms. Like, I've definitely been like, been peed in front of, like, in front of like my brothers or something. Like, they peed in front of me or something. But like, she like checks him out and like comments on it, and he's just like, oh yeah, and I'm like, oh good, okay, cool, good talk. It was weird, man. Thanks, Gma. Gammy. 
Eeny me, like what the fuck? Mima, Mima, Mimpapi. That weird interaction finishes, and Lip walks out of the bathroom, and then we just see Carl throw himself down the laundry chute. Icon, which is just a hole in the kitchen ceiling. Like, well, yeah, it's there's a trapdoor like upstairs that you put the clothes in, and then it just falls through the chute, like like just straight like- onto the laundry floor. Yeah, it's not like a hotel one with like a sl- that's like a slide. It's just a hole in yeah. the kitchen ceiling that he just falls through. Carl. I think he's so silly. I missed when he was such a daredevil. And Fiona goes over and she's like, um, what the actual fuck was that? And he was like, I can't believe you've never done that before. <laughs> she checks that he isn't broken. She does the mom thing. She's like, okay, nothing's broken and you're a fucking idiot. Slaps him upside the head and sends him to get breakfast. Lip and Ian and Fiona discuss how low the squirrel fund is for the winter because of that time they had to buy Liam back from drug dealers. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god. Fiona hands out the money for school supplies to everybody, and then we find out Jasmine is still in the house. She just comes down the she comes out of the bathroom and she's like, You're fucking still here, dude. Well, I mean, we never saw her leave. And then Fiona gives all the boys tasks to do to like get ready for school that's starting in a week. Lip and Ian still aren't talking. Fiona is fucking sick of it. Yes, this is the episode where they fight in the alley. Woohoo! Jasmine once again invites Fiona to the boat party. And Fiona's like, I have, I'm running a household. And tells, and gets Jasmine to leave. Then they hear Frank start to come downstairs and they hide all the money from him. They're like, red alert, red alert. And they hide the squirrel front from Frank. Because if he even sniffed near it, it would be gone in a second. It- Indeed, yeah. He tries to abandon his mom, and Fiona's like, mm, nope, that's not gonna work. That's She's your responsibility. Thank you, thank you, and goodbye. And then back to Karen and Jody. He is monitoring her caffeine intake because she is a- They were so cute, because, like, she's, like, pouring herself, like, another cup of coffee, and he's like, babe, that's your second cup, and she's like, fuck you. And, like, at least well, someone she, cares about this baby. Oh, she is pregnant, so you're, like, not supposed to have caffeine. You can have like one cup of coffee. And then Jody's friends from tattoo school come by. Uh, fun fact, tattoo school, not a thing. You apprentice in a tattoo shop. Tattoo school is not a thing. Do they literally say tattoo school? Yes, he says my friends from tattoo school. Damn it. <laughs> it's not cosmetology, my guy. Like it's- Stick but and he's... poke summer camp. <laughs> Evan's a graduate. Thank you. <laughs> But he's got friends who are coming over and they have kids and one of them is pregnant and he wants them to like get to know Karen and meet Karen. Turns out uh, we go over to Kevin V. Again, just from they bounce from one himbo to another and it's a nice balance. So we go from Jody to Kev a lot and then Kev to Jody. Turns out Kevin V did not get a dog. They got a rabbit. And Kev names her Ethel 2. Like, he misses like- Ethel so much. That's like an always sunny. Sorry for bringing that show up again. But when Mac... When Dennis gets Mac a dog to keep him busy around their house in the suburb, and he names it Dennis Jr. He's like, why'd you name it Dennis? And he's like, because I like you. Because I'm in love with you. (laughs) Shameless, supernatural, and it's always sunny. We have a thing for emotionally damaged queer men. Like, we really, really do. I mean, it's also like the himbo shows. Kev asks V how she can be so cold about the Ethel situation. And like we said... V's like Ethel hurt Ethel hurt you, she fucking hurt you, and I'm and she I'm mad at her about that. F- fuck you. And then like V tries to 
ease the moment with sex and uh kev is into it because he loves his wife and then sees one of ethel's um dress underwear things and gets sad again and pushes off of v and says some mean things about v but it's because he's hurt does that excuse it and look, well i don't know yeah, like, it's he thinks that she doesn't care as much about this as he does, and that hurts him, and so he snaps. And I'm not going to dock points from him for that. Well, uh, okay, so, like, I do think, and, like, here's why I, I feel like I might be really happy with tonight's episode, which, for everybody, is 11.03, because I feel like there are a lot of parallels that can be drawn between the way Kevin V and Ian and Nikki operate, because it's, like, not only do they you know work together are romantic partners but they're work partners as well most of the time and also that they are both couples that use sex as a way to like communicate uh but yeah kev is hurting and v is trying to understand how to process it and then we go back to fiona who is preparing the kids cool school supplies she's doing the thing she's like putting away the summer clothes getting out the winter clothes looking for all the old notebooks and stuff and then uh just to fuck up her day jimmy steve stops by of course he does we get the first ever in-show Jimmy Steve as Fiona kicks him out the door without- I, First, Jimmy Steve from Fiona. Debbie might have said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiona's like, I'm not listening to a goddamn word that you have to say. Get the fuck out of my house. I'm busy. As Twice now. Twice now. Jasmine and now Jimmy Steve. She's like, you are annoying me and I need to run my life. I need you to get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Everybody's annoying Fiona this episode. I just want to fuck her so bad. Me too. <laughs> anyway. Back to the Jacksons. Karen and Jody are having brunch with Jody's friends from Tattoo School. Tattoo School. My favorite place. I, I went there. <laughs> there are special effects schools. There are cosmetology schools. You apprentice at a tattoo shop. There is... I'm not going to get over it. It's one of the more annoying things that took one Google search for them to correct. <laughs> maybe that was like, maybe they were like, oh, just, he's just stupid. Uh, so they're having brunch with Jody's friends and his friends screaming kids. One of them tries to get Karen to go in on a case of diapers with her from Costco. Because she's like, because I'm, I'm pregnant too right now. And then they talk about the horror, the horrors of childbirth and how things can tear and that you poop. Your comment just gave me... Like, I, I throw up in my mouth. It's from a later episode, so we're not going to mention it, but, like... If you've seen The Miracle of Life in Sex Ed, Shameless decided that wasn't enough, and you had to see it again in the end of season two. Terrible. So Karen just leaves. Karen straight up just fucking leaves. And we meet Frank at the alibi, where he and his mom come rolling in as big winners from the Indian casino. They're wearing headdresses and everything. Kev is wearing a shirt with Ethel's face on it. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I think he's a freak. <laughs> but it's like you said. It's like, but like, when did he get that shirt custom made? I just have to know. It's an iron-on. You can do that overnight. Print it out, iron it on. There you go. Yeah, I guess I would think with Kevin's track record, he wouldn't be that handy. But it's like you said, he was a foster He was a foster child, and all he ever wanted was for someone to look for him. And Yeah. He, yeah. So Kev's wearing that shirt. Grammy buys a round of drinks for everyone in the bar, except the woman who fucked her husband back in the day. Frank then turns to Kermit, uh, who we did discuss in 1102, because as I said, we're ignoring everything about the current Kermit situation. 
I actually, I actually, I'm kind of living for it, and I think it would be kind of funny if they came to Ian and Mickey and were like, "So, do you guys have any advice?" And they were like, "What are you gay?" Uh, and they'd be like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> oh my god. I have nothing against Kermit, but like the homophobic things that have come out of Tommy's mouth, and le- like I think I said this in the first minisode, it makes me afraid that they're going to do a Terry Milkovich is actually gay thing at the end of the season instead of murdering him like they should because he's a literal Nazi. Yeah, it's it's not it's less than ideal. I will say like the scenes that were interspersed throughout the episode where Tommy and Kermit were like sitting apart and everybody was like, Are you having a fight? And they were like, No. And then the fucking end when freaking Frank just goes, You guys should kiss and make up and they're just like How did he know? What the fuck? The gay panic. Kind of they're silly. like they're like in the scenes that are projected to happen tonight too, so uh I mean I feel like they're gonna have a thing where it's just gonna be like Oh, we were high. Like they're gonna they're gonna have that conversation like in passing during another scene where it's like, oh, we were high. I don't still feel attracted to you. Maybe they'll have like a little gag moment where like they try to hook up sober and it like isn't doing it for either of them. But of course, we got even the implication of a sex scene between them before we even get Ian and Mickey looking at each other for longer than five seconds. All we had was Mickey being like, mm, "Are we gonna fuck? Are we gonna fuck or no?" And a mention that they fucked five times once in the first episode. Mm. We're veering into season 11 territory again. God damn it. Uh, so at the Gallagher house, Fiona's pulling all the school. Oh yeah, Frank, he talks to Kermit because he's trying to pawn his mom off on Kermit's sister because Kermit's sister is disabled and has her house rigged up like that. And Kermit's like, how about you go fuck yourself? And says no to that. Like, does she need a roommate? <laughs> and he's like, no, your mom's not moving in. Yeah. Then we go to the Gallagher house. Fiona's pulling all the school kids' clothes out from the attic. And V is telling Fiona that she's like, let's go to that fucking boat party that Jasmine mentioned. Let's enjoy the summer while it's still here. Let's have a little bit of fun. We're young. We're sexy. Let's go to a fucking boat party. Yeah, they should. And V's just like trying to inject good energy into Kev right now, too. So she's like, Perfect opportunity! Do a little coke, do a little weed, do a little drinking. In the hot tub. Exactly. But Frank and his mom come home. Uh, He's still whining and still trying to get rid of his mom somehow. And then we shoot back to the alibi where Kev is trying to interpret Ethel's postcards because she's sending him postcards with Tommy and Kermit. And they do nothing but make it worse with Kev's fears about, like, child abduction and sex trafficking. When in reality... Ethel and Malik just ran away to be happy. Yeah, like, it's very sweet that she's them. still, like, reaching out to him. But, like, that's, like, hurting Kev more. He's like, but sh- but I want her with me. And then Stan, the racist bar owner, comes downstairs wearing nothing but a jock strap, insisting he has a baseball game today. He got his glove. He's ready to go. He's ready to I play ball. In Shameless, when they make us look at old man butt. I can't. I can't do it. I literally, every time I have it, I'm like, no, no. We've seen old man butt way too much. But, like, this is an implication that Stan is losing his shit more than we've seen him lose his shit before. So Kev has to, like, convince him to go back upstairs. And Kermit's like, Kev, you've got to call his daughter. Like, he's losing his mind. Kev is still against it. The fact that they just left that old ass man unsupervised above the bar at all times. Like, I'm surprised he hasn't he's not dead already. Yeah. And then, oh, a fun new location, the library, where we meet back up with Lip and Karen, who at the end of the last episode, Lip was telling her to get an abortion and she was slapping him in the face. And now they're talking like they're best friends. And he literally straight up just said back to her, you got an abortion. Yeah, the end of the last episode was her wedding reception where she he tells her to get an abortion and she slaps him. 
That was the last interaction we saw them have, and now they're talking in the library like they're just buds. Uh, it's it's we they the amount of scenes they skip that they just don't tell us what happened. It's also like, well, I guess texting is a thing that we just don't. I wish that was more like I wish it was more like scam in that way or scam where you where they would like upload characters text messages to each other. Yeah. And like Instagram, they ran Instagram posts for the characters. Ugh, that show was so good. But. So Karen, like, was displayed by the earlier scene. Karen was not that into fucking Jody in the morning. Um, so Karen asked Lip to make Jody go away. And she says the insurance money for her dad hasn't come in yet. And she's afraid if she divorces Jody, he will take half of that insurance money because they're married and they did not get a prenup. So Lip tells her, oh, just get a backdated prenup. And, like, that's it. He's like, I'll figure out a way to get you a backdated prenup. And, like, I, it's just, like I said, it's just frustrating that we went from an incredibly hurtful comment to them just being the fact that like he said that to her and then now she's asking him like hey can you get rid of jody for me like what is he supposed to assume now i guess he's just simping a little bit a little bit a lot yeah that's what i thought at the house grammy is drinking a beer with a straw out of a tall boy and carl is annoying her we learn that Carl is repeating the third grade and Grammy offers to teach him a skill. Yeah, that would make him about nine or ten. Who knows how old they're supposed to be anymore. With that ominous offer of Grammy offering to teach Carl a skill, you know Grammy, the one who operates a meth lab, uh, we're off to the boat party. Boat party. Fiona, Kevin V roll up to a yacht that is packed with people, including fucking Jimmy Steve. I like that's what I said. I was like, how the fuck did he get invited? Him like, and Jasmine, what? how did they just so happen to cross paths? Jasmine found Craig Heisner. Jasmine can find Jimmy. He definitely did that shit on purpose. He definitely like I don't know, he definitely keeps tabs on Fiona in some sort of way. Like in a weird, creepy way. He probably keeps tabs on her. But it was also just like, how do you get invited? This is a boat party. Like I feel, I feel like, like I feel like doesn't Jasmine say something that she invited him? Yeah. Jasmine is here to cause drama. Like, the fuck, girl? I like, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I like her, and then I also want to beat her up at the same time. Like, she gets me so mad, but also I'm like, I like how loose. But you're like, oh, give me more. Yeah, I'm like, give me more. Give, be more reckless, please. <laughs> Fiona isn't phased by it. She's hot and sexy and ready for a boat party. So she's like, fuck it. We're going, we're going on this goddamn boat. Carl and Grammy, meanwhile, are ready for a scam. They're outside a drugstore. Carl is sticking to a script, asking people... Uh, to help him buy Sudafed for his sick grandma. And even the one woman he asks, like, you trying to make meth? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll give you $10 if you go buy me some Sudafed. And the woman just does it. What is Sudafed? I mean, what is Sudafed normally used for? It's a decongestant. Yeah, it's a decongestant. But there's an, if you, there's certain things that, like, if you mix it with, it, it'll turn into meth. Yeah. You have to have an ID to get it. And you can only have, like, a certain amount of it. Because if you have any more than that, you could make meth with it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah you gotcha. can't buy more than, like, two packs or something. And that's kind of how, like, well, if you've, like, seen Breaking Bad, that's kind of why Breaking, like, why Walter White, because he's a chemist, is, like, so good at what he does. is because not only can he get access to, like, the raw, like, materials, but also he knows how to combine them. Yeah. And that's why his meth is, like, so good. Yeah. So yeah, Sudafed is is a controlled substance, basically, even though it's just cold medicine because you can use it to make meth. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of crimes, we go to a prison. Frank is there with the case of insure his mom asked him to get earlier in the episode. And he's trying to tell the guards and the people at the prison that his mom is faking her illness. And they basically say, get the fuck out of here. We don't have, we don't care and we don't have time for you. Fuck off. Your mom's actually dying. 
in all their records, his mom is dying and they don't want her back. They're like, she's an 86 year old woman. What, is, what harm is she going to do to the community? So she's teaching her grandson how to cook meth. Teaching them early. A less intense drug, cocaine, is going up Kev's nose in the jacuzzi on the boat. So he's uh, riding high. He's a little bit over. He's a little too Too high. high. As they should. He's too high to care about Ethel right now, which was V's entire plan. And then Steve walks up and Jasmine makes Estefania just go anywhere else with her so that Jimmy Steve could be alone with the group of people. (laughs) I like your comment. I say, uh, woohoo, and I'm starting a rumor that Estefania and Jasmine hooked up. You know what? I, I appreciate that, and I believe that. Now I'm accepting that. And Steve is like, well, it's a rumor, so it has to be true. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. It's shameless. It has to be. So then Steve is like, um, I'm gonna get in the jacuzzi, and he takes off his shorts and is wearing a- He drops them drawers, and he's wearing the tiniest little Speedo, and everyone laughs. Yeah, literally, it's like, am I the only one who was like, a man did that and was like, am I being seductive? I would be like, no, you're being silly and funny, and I'm gonna laugh at you. Yeah, I would not He's be attracted like, to that. I've been in Brazil. I don't know what you want from me. I have Speedos now. Okay. Bitch, $5 at the Walmart will get you a fucking regular bathing suit just like everybody else there. Put a five below, for fuck's sake. <laughs> at the house, Debbie is contemplating what her first day of school outfit should be. Ian is doing sit-ups like he does when he's angry, like we that he just continues to do this as coping mechanism even through season 11. Doing sit-ups and complaining about the fact that Debbie gets to have new clothes when he gets all of Lip's old hand-me-downs. Um, yeah, Ian is taller than Lip, but they're like roughly the same size. Yeah, and Lip, I feel like at this point, because Ian does fill out more than Lip does, like later he gets like, you know, broader shoulders. At this point, Ian's pretty lean. Yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, it's he like, was I don't skinny, know, like, skinny. he's taller. Season four, it slaps right into him. But yeah. Literally, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, he's so big and Season tall. three is like medium. Season four is like, and then season 11 is fucking X Games mode, man. It's, I mean, I'll say it. Oh my god, kind Ian, of a Ian in season 11 is beefy. Well, he okay, looked like he... this. When they were on hiatus. Like, when they were on hiatus and Cameron had, like, his really long hair, I was like, oh, I really hope they let him keep it. Cause and the beard? So good. <laughs> but also, like, I said this in, like, the first recap episode, but, like, Cameron and, like, Cameron Ian, whatever, he, like, within, from season 10, it looked like he aged at least, like, five years. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron and, just like, looked so... Like, he just looks so much older and, like, a bit more rougher. Like, he has that, like, middle 30s look, but he's, like, 26. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what happened to him, but... He looks good, I mean, but he looks rough. He looks really good. I mean, he looks like a Delph, but, like, at the same time, I'm like, well... He looks, like, he's, like, barely 30, and he looks like he's, like, 36. Anyway, we got we got to get through this. So in the in his rant, Debbie had asked him to help pick out an outfit, and he did not help her do that. And then Lip comes home, and she's like, "Lip, what outfit should I wear?" And he's like, "That one." And he like picks out exactly what she wants him to pick out, and she's like, "Jesus fucking thank you." And then he says that he and Karen are getting back together, and Ian's like, "You're wasting your life." And then Lip says, "You're the one who's pretending to date Mandy so you can fuck her brother." I love remembering that Lip knows. <laughs> Goddamn. He what really is. Also, just like the delivery on this line. 
so brilliant. Also, like, the absolute, like, that happening in that living room when we know that later fucking Uncle Mickey and his niece and, like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, but uh, Lip says, even the military lifted the gay ban, so is Ian just too ch- chicken shit to out himself? He wouldn't be outing himself. He would be outing a man who would actually get murdered. But anyway. No, Ian is, like, out technically i mean the only reason he's like he's out to like everybody who matters the only he's only in like at school because he would get the shit beaten out of him which is why he and also mandy needs like a fake boyfriend to keep creepy guys away from her yeah he's mostly doing it for mandy he doesn't give a fuck um but so they start pushing each other and throwing insults and they start to get physical and hit each other when grammy walks in and makes them stop and she's like okay yeah but you do have to fight it out and they agree on a time and place to meet and just beat the shit out of each other. At dawn, we brawl swords. Because all of Ian's relationship problems have to be solved with violence. Always. Yes, boys being boys. Guys being dudes. Frank comes home and his mom makes him put her to bed. He's like, I got your insurance. She's like, I don't fucking want it anymore. I need to go to bed. And then at the Jacksons, where I assume Sheila is just in her room for the whole episode. Sheila's just not in this one. Jody and Karen are watching TV. Jody says they should go on a game show after the baby is born. And Karen, I love, him. I love Jody so much. Karen just lets the TV distract him while she makes him sign some paperwork. Um, it's the prenup, but she is lying, and he sees it. He sees it. He sees that it's the prenup, and and agrees to sign it anyway. And is like, I love you no matter what. I love you, this man. I love this man so much. Was he? What did he really love her? Was he Stacy? And he was trying to get to Stacy's mom. Stop, Stop it! Stacey was Karen Stacy, and he was trying to get to Stacy's mom. I'm just saying, cause like we know what happened. She's got it going on. She did have it going on. I'll give Joan. I'll give that to Joan Cusack. She really had it going on. And then over to the boat party, some guy tries to grope a sleeping Estefania, and Jasmine shoes him away. And stop trying to date rape my friend. Cool, thanks, Jasmine. I love that you're friends with that guy. Um, and then she goes to check on Kevin V and Fiona. Kev gets the idea to hit the highway to look for Ethel. And he like says it like they'd agreed to it. He's like, did I not say that out loud before? I mean, that's the cocaine. Yeah. And V's like, we're not fucking hitting the highway to look for her. And they start to bicker. Kev calls her his fake wife because they're not legally married. So that's it. She's done. He's he, That's the last straw for her. Uh-uh. Jasmine leaves Fiona and Steve alone on the boat in the, like, jacuzzi area. And then Fiona gets the fuck out of there. And then we simply just see them again in in a different part of the boat. Like, we cut from them leaving each other to them joining up again on another part of the boat. Fiona asks if he was ever going to tell her the truth about his name and his family. And she says the fact that he could drop his wife in a second for her means that Fiona could never be with him. Because she needs a man who can commit. Because she has, she has commitment issues and she has abandonment issues. He leaves to take his wife home and Fiona starts to cry in that lovely, ugly cry way that Emmy does. Emmy Ross an ugly cry. One for the ages. Jasmine sees her crying and comforts her, but takes it just one step past friendship and they kiss. And Jasmine says, I love you. And if these writers were brave, we could have had this. <sighs> she she would have been toxic as fuck, but like it would have been fun for a while. But then yeah, also, I mean, Nessa, like, wasn't she fucking, she had her crazy girlfriend, though. No, so I don't think they would have worked as, like, girlfriends, but I'm just saying, bye, Fiona. It would have been fun. It would have really been a good, yeah. a good moment. A serve, man. It would have been a serve. 
instead of all the basic white men she ends up marrying. Uh, so then Fiona gets soft and things get off awkward and Fiona leaves. And then back at home, Frank is still taking care of his mom, getting her ready for bed. And in Karen's room, she and Jody are fucking again, but Jody's feeling, or Karen is feeling suffocated by it and she cannot take it anymore. And she kicks him off of her and tells him to get out. Poor Jody, no idea what he did wrong. No idea. He just wants to make sure he didn't hurt her. And then she kicks him out and throws his shit out the window. He's like, he wasn't even like mad about getting caught off mid-sex. He's just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Did I hurt you? Is, is something, is everything okay? Yeah, he's she, butt ass naked and she locks yeah. him out. Uh, he's like, he's like holding his hands over his junk and she's like throwing his shit out the window. The next morning, Fiona is awoken with a bang because the meth lab that Granny and Carl started fucking exploded in the basement. Fiona storms out to find her and we cut over to the alibi. Now Frank is pitching his mom to move in with Stan, the man that is losing his shit above the bar. Kev is too hungover from the cocaine and the boat party to even listen. Fiona comes in looking for Granny. She gets a shot of Jaeger in the morning time and says they have to get rid of Granny because a meth lab just exploded in her basement. And then Lip is walking down the street past Karen's house. Jody is camped out in the alley next to the house, waiting for Karen's hormones to settle down so that he will be allowed back in the house. This poor, sweet, innocent little man. He's, uh, I'm so mad how they do him so dirty. Like, he was there for three seconds and now everyone's just like, oh, mostly it's just Karen. No, he was here for a long time. No, I know I messed up by saying that part, but oh, like. No, actually, I'm, I'm remembering wrong. He was there for uh, like two seasons. But he was like a re- he was like a regular in those two. Se- he wasn't like a guest star. Like he appeared in almost every episode. Yeah, De- definitely more than Sheila. Je- so far, Jody has been in more episodes than Sheila has in season two. God damn, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, so Lip sort of vaguely acknowledges Jody's existence and then walks in Karen's house to fuck Jody's wife. Come on, Lip, be a human being. Like, that's I mean, so, like, in the fact that he just, like, checks in on him, and then he's like, peace out, and then- He's like, you feeling okay? Alright, I'm gonna go This is the girl. next part when, like, she's giving him a blowjob by the window, right? Is that this episode, too? Yeah, but it's just in a couple scenes. scenes. <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> in Jimmy Steve's room, he- in his hotel room, he is sitting, he's brooding, while his smoking hot naked wife lays asleep beside him. Okay, but if I was him, I would go back to Fiona, too. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Uh, also because his wife is clearly in love with somebody else that she's always talking to on the phone. Fiona and Frank move to a table at the alibi and are thinking up ways to get Frank's mom out of the fucking house. Again, I love when Emmy and w- and William H. Macy get to like buddy, buddy, buddy together with, with scenes. Something starts leaking from the ceiling and Kev says, fucking Stan. So like the old man upstairs is clearly up to something because the ceiling is leaking. And then Fiona continues to scheme with Frank and Frank pitches calling the cops and saying it's a 405, which Fiona knows is a code for a mental disorder. We aren't gonna talk about how heart shatteringly awful it is that Fiona knows what the police code for a mental disorder is. Well, cause of Monica, yeah. Yeah, like just, she, he's like, we could say it's a 405. She's like, mental disorder? I'm like, I, it, it breaks my heart that you knew exactly what that was. But they, they cheers to that. They've made a plan. A plan is set to get Grammy out of the fucking house. And for a brief moment, Fiona and Frank are buddies. For one second. <laughs> Upstairs, Kev goes to check in on Stan and burns himself on a thing on the oven and then finds Stan asleep in the bathtub. Asleep but not dead, which is good. Kev says, 
Stan can't keep doing this shit because the bathroom is overflowing and that's why it was leaking into the alibi downstairs. And he's like, Stan, you cannot keep doing this or you can't live on your own anymore. Stan kicks him out like old, like old stubborn men do. And Kev is like, fucking fuck you. And he leaves the room. Yeah. <laughs> Stan just doesn't want to hear shit. And then Kev yeah. obviously doesn't know how to confront him to the extreme because he's himbo king. Then we meet up with Fiona and Frank walking back to the house, going over their plan again and again. And I, I love when they get along. And she's like, well, what if we get her committed? And they uh, they look her over and think that she's not insane. And Frank's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and But by the time they get home, an ambulance is in front of the house. Because this ambulance brought Granny home from Ace Hardware where she fell down. Why would they bring her home? They should bring her to the hospital. They probably looked her over, determined she wasn't a case that needed to go to the hospital, and then just brought her back to her house. Yet she will still get a $2,000 bill. She won't pay it, but... The EMT tells Fiona and Frank that she's an old, sick woman who must be in a lot of pain. That she is actually, truly, really dying. And they should admit her to hospice. And you see, like, a moment of recognition pass on Frank and Fiona's face. They can't go through with their plan now. She's, her grandmother is dying. Like, Fiona can't do that. And then back in Karen's room, she's giving Lip a blowjob while Jody sings, I'm all out of love, and plays the banjo. I, <laughs> I love that scene. The bongos are so offbeat. It's just, I'm all out of love. I'm so, I love it. He's going that. so slow, too. She stops sucking Lip's dick long enough to tell Jody to shut the fuck up. She tries to get back to it, but uh, Lip's like, you know what? This is, the vibe is wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm done with this. And he's like, I gotta go beat the shit out of Ian anyway. I'll see you later. And speaking of that, Ian and Lip meet up under the L. There is conveniently a pile of couches and cushions around that is not at all just the stunt and props department not wanting these two teenage boys to get hurt while doing this fight scene. But they meet up under the L, they exchange some words, and they just start fucking wailing on each other among the couch cushions. And Ian is, like we said before, Ian is so tiny in season two. Season 11, Ian, would have ruined Lip in this fight. Oh, yeah. Ruined. Even though season 11 Lip is beefy too. Well, beefy, but, season... but you know what? He's a dilf, and I don't think he could take Ian. Yeah. Speaking of, Jeremy Allen White had a second baby. I did see that. It's, uh, I think it's another girl. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Woo. But yeah, they're they're fighting like they do, and they they lay there afterwards on the ground and talk it out a little bit, and then go to get a beer, and that's it. That's the end of their fight. Yes, brothers, that's what we say. And because it wasn't even really a problem between the two of them, it was both of them just being so angry at the world and taking it out on each other, and they needed a physical manifestation of just of just getting it out of their bodies. Well, because it was like they were both like making fun of each other's relationship problems. But then kind of through fighting, they realized, like, oh, I'm no better than him. Like, we both are having, like, shitty things going on. Like, his situation. Like, I shouldn't judge him for what he's doing in his situation because I'm doing shitty stuff in my situation, too. Like, I don't know. By the way, we officially cannot go on Twitter starting right now um, because we'll get spoiled as fuck. Uh, But we're going to wrap this up real quick. Okay. The next morning, it's time for school. Carl has a bald spot from the meth lab explosion. Fiona sees the bruises on Lip and Ian, but she's just like, okay, cool. That's super nice for you to have on your first day of school, but I'm glad that you're talking now. And then we look at cute little Liam for the first time in like three episodes. Hi, Liam. Hey, Liam. We missed you. In season 11, you get to have one whole scene to yourself sometimes. Um, 
Fiona wakes Lip up for school and he's like, oh, I actually dropped out. And she's like, you're a fucking senior. You're a senior. Oh, that's the start of this little storyline. I remember yeah. this. She's like, you're almost done. You cannot have dropped out. And then at Kevin V's house, Kev is asleep in Ethel's room. And V wakes him up to tell him that the rabbit, Ethel 2, has gone missing. And V is distraught about this. And they look for her in the backyard and V seems really upset about it. And finally, the breakdown she's been holding back about Ethel comes through and she, like, breaks down for Kev. She's like, I was super mean to her. And what if she thought she wasn't loved here? And like, oh, God, it was really upsetting. Uh, but Kev sits her down and comforts her and tells her that it's not her fault. And then V's like, what if we had our own child? What if we had our own baby? And Kev's like, yeah, let's let's start right now. And then they lay down to fuck in the backyard. But V, uh, before they can get started making their own ch- children... V sees the bunny uh, across the yard and goes, don't you run away from us, you dumb fucking whore. I remember that. That was so silly. I love her. And then in the Gallagher kitchen, Fiona calls the school and tells the blip is just sick and she's buying him time because she refuses to let him drop out. As she should. Jasmine comes in, apologizes for the boat party and the weirdness. And Fiona tells her it's no big deal, even though it is just so awkward now. Jasmine tries to party again and tries to invite her somewhere else but Fiona's like you've got to go home to your children and face your real life and Jasmine's like I actually can't because my husband kicked me out because he found out I've been cheating on him for actual years Mm. she's been living on her sugar daddy's boat but the cops came last night to break up the party and now she's homeless and she needs a place to stay this girl just got herself in deep and she thinks she could just be like fiona hey yeah. and fiona's like you can't stay at my house she draws a line she's like you can't i'm sorry you can't fucking stay here she was like not even for a little sucky suck god damn jasmine tries to gaslight her and guilt her into saying yes like after all i've done for you 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 won't let me stay here and while fiona processes that frank comes in chugs a beer and then just goes back upstairs. Like, nothing else happens. Frank just comes down, chugs a beer, takes a breath, and goes back upstairs. And then Jasmine and Fiona go back to fighting. More gaslighting. More guilt tripping from Jasmine. And like, Jasmine, babe, th- there's a saying I need you to hear. If you run into one asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day, maybe you're the asshole. Damn, that's a powerful quote. I think it might be, I don't know. It's somebody, I don't know who said it. It might've been Dennis Leary. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But nevertheless, Fiona chases after her because Fiona's a good person who doesn't like people being mad at her. But she stops when she runs into Jimmy Steve outside of her house. She tells him to go away. And he asks why- He's literally stalking her. I'm sorry, but he's literally stalking her. That whole comment from like season one where he was like, I'll just be across the street in the bushes looking at you. And it's like, I really don't think he was lying. No, it doesn't seem like he's fucking lying. But she tells him to go away and he asks, he's like, I just want to know why you didn't come to the airport. Like at the end of season one, why she didn't come. And she says, it doesn't matter now. He says, I love you. And she just says, don't. And slams the door in his face. Good. Uh, Oof. And then credits. Yeah. The audacity of him. Like, I get it. He's back. I love him as much as the next person. But Mans does not know when to like catch a break like not saying he should give up on her completely but like most inconvenient says the worst shit at the worst time just saying i love you like sir where do you think you're gonna get anywhere with that at this point she's been rejecting him this entire season so far 
even though like she fucked him once like besides that (laughs) but yeah he says i love you she says don't and slams the door in his face and then the credits roll and the after credit scene is kevin v drop they don't call stan's uh daughter because that might start a whole uh ownership thing with the alibi they instead just drop stan off at the nursing home where v worked and they leave bunny ethel with him as a friend and the music in the credits is ain't it weird by the good night loving woohoo and that's the end of the episode what did we think y'all not a bad it's not a bad episode it's not a super important episode in terms of like plot development but it's good like it's a good filler it's a good like passage of time while i'm expanding upon the existing storyline it's like it's like it's it's like it's giving us like a a sprinkle of like every storyline we're gonna like get more in depth to throughout the season but not enough like plot driven things that are like important to everything it's just like here's what's gonna happen before all this other crazy shit happens yeah before everything (laughs) kind of blows up yeah so yeah i I, yeah i agree it's a filler episode for sure um but it's not it's we got important information and we ended the jasmine thing and so the summer is officially over and the next episode we're kickstarting into the fall is this episode the last time we see jasmine ever correct it might be yeah what what ended up happening with her that i think that i think this oh that was the whole thing she was like i'm done yeah maybe maybe she's got one more appearance in season two but like i don't think so possibly well, we possibly might see her episode? something with the school because her kids still go to school with like debbie yeah. and carl isn't the next episode when monica comes back sorry spoiler alert the next episode ends with an appearance of monica yeah and then that kick starts into uh you know what's in the fall thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Oh. yeah the I, thanksgiving and then, that's like, so funny the i can't believe the thanksgiving like, episode of, in season two of shameless it just isn't released it's we, there isn't an episode there isn't a thanksgiving yep. episode. no thanksgiving episode i don't know what you're talking about guys. sorry guys we're gonna actually have to skip that episode because there, it doesn't exist yeah um but yeah I, I, yeah that one's gonna be rough but we've got a few episodes to get there thank you every single person that is listening to this for sticking with us we had our highest for uh week of listening that we've ever had before this week Ooh. we are being streamed in so many different countries that is so even, cool we even got a review on apple podcast which was very fucking cool um we're sorry about the inconsistencies of the minisodes life happens and we are going to try we're getting this episode done we're going to try and record episode 208 as well this week. And then maybe we'll take a break because between recording those, Christmas is going to happen. Yes. So we're proud there might be a, like a week or two delay in 209 coming up, but we are trying to barrel towards the end of season two and keep up with season 11 at the same time. And we appreciate everybody's patience and everybody, the minisode was a hit. So like, I'm excited to get in. and start excited. <laughs> the minisodes are so fun to film, especially because with it airing currently it's really fun to talk about something while it's actually yeah behind the scenes stuff and it's like as soon as we sign off i know all three of us are gonna go watch the episode (laughs) yes well i'm sure our group chat will be blowing up tonight but yeah um thank you everybody for for joining us uh lena i'm gonna put all of your instagram stuff in the show notes evan i'm just gonna put our instagram stuff in the show notes more than fine (laughs) follow the luck we had pod on twitter follow the luck we had pod on instagram email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com like comment subscribe rate and review uh we love to hear from you guys i'm sorry that we're rushing the end of this but it's 12 10 a.m and uh episode three just dropped so we're all gonna go watch it right now thank you guys for listening we love you so much and um happy holidays to everybody thank you everyone so much for listening we love and appreciate all of you uh thank you so much for listening this week and thank you for joining us our very lovely guest 
Thank, Thank you so you much, Lena. Again, our our elite so uh, guest star. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna sign off now and go watch the new episode. Uh, we'll be on Twitter screaming with all of you, like the, like the rest of us. Bye. 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 Bye.